0: Welcome to Why Is with We're back in the green room. It's time to talk about. All right, so uh, Tyler, did you hear this uh, interesting news? Is that for the first time since, I think, three years, maybe four years, the Oscars are going to have a host. And I know you don't care about the Oscars, but I th- I've seen a lot of discussion right? around twitter about who the host will be cuz apparently they might want Tom Holland which i think is really funny because i would think the point of having a host would be to get people to watch the show and i don't know who Tom Holland would bring you know like uh, yeah i i also like i
1: think of like when you need a host i always think of like someone charismatic <laughs> <And> i just <laughs> I just don't see Tom Holland like I mean, I, yeah, I I don't think he has the he's not to me. He's not shown the level of charisma compared to other hosts. The uh, the obvious choice seen. to me
0: that they've never done. And he said he wanted to do it is The Rock. I don't think he's shooting anything right now. I think The Rock would be good. I think Tiffany Haddish would be good. Um, I'm trying to think who else I would think of. Has Camille Nanjiani done it before? Ooh, he'd be good. He hosted yeah, he the would. um Oscar nominations a few years back, but it was just the gotcha. nominations. He'd yeah. be a good host. The the question is if he would want to do it, because I don't necessarily think he's the type of guy who'd like want to be up there vamping. Yeah. Know? Or doing like a big number. I think the rock would like the rock would be that type of guy who'd be like, Oh yeah, I'll sing once and be like a joke. You know what I mean? And people would laugh at Tiffany Haddish. Not you don't have to sing to be an Oscar host, you know. But right, they usually make them do it at least once. Uh, Man,
1: I don't, I don't see Tiffany Haddish the same anymore after that Netflix. Ah, uh, Netflix, uh, she is one of my Ruby choices for best villain in. this year. Ugh.
0: I think she was so yeah. good in that movie. <laughs> do, yeah, I she, like I she just, she did a good performance. It was a good performance. I'm talking about Bad Trip, it was, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> she gave a really good performance in that movie. <laughs>
1: She, she did. She did. I just, I just don't see her the same anymore. I can't. The the shot
0: of her in the police, uh, car always just cracks me up just thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, and speaking of a streaming film, that can get us to our first topic of the day, which this is, this is the Green Room segment where we talk about movies that aren't Marvel movies. And Tyler and I gave each other movies, uh, when we finished Hawkeye. Unfortunately, Mr. Bob Chapek had to drop a bomb on us. Turning red is
1: no longer going to be in movie theaters. It's going to stream <laughs> exclusively.
0: Not <on> again! <laughs> you know what they say, "Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, fire Bob Chapek." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i uh, first it was with soul then it was with luca and now with turning red which are all three pixar movies that i would have seen in theaters if they're also the,
0: the first throughout beside onward which everyone forgets existed for good reason <laughs>
1: i've seen avengers infinity war
0: what I've seen <laughs> Avengers. And oh, because yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I get, I get yeah, it now. Ah, yeah. All right. yeah, all right, yeah. But Julia Dreyfus is, is in Onward, which means Valentina the contessa the Black Widow post credit, the, the you know what I mean. Yeah.
1: So Onward's an, an MCU or...
0: movie. Is that what you're saying? That would certainly explain why it's much lesser than most Pixar movies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hosting a Marvel podcast. (laughs) Anyway, uh, but they are the first three besides, so four counting onward, um, original Pixar movies since 2017. All getting sent to streaming. Of course, the one that's based on the man, not the toy, will probably still come on feeders because you know what Bob Chapek still likes? is IP. IP that's been proven time and time again. There's been four movies about a toy. Imagine what One About the Man will do for Buzz Lightyear. Imagine. Imagine. It'll probably get sent to streaming. I don't think it will. You want to know Cause, why? Because it's it's IP. That's really why. It's IP. Um, and I know what you're thinking. Is, okay. Is Raya IP,
1: IP? I'm thinking IP, Internet Protocol.
0: It's intellectual property. Think- okay, thank so, you. It's like a it's like a proven thing. Yeah, Chapek does not believe in new IP. Famously, when he took over the parks, he stopped making rides that aren't based off movies. Like that was his big one of his big things he did. Aren't the movies based off
1: of rides
0: now? They are. Yeah, but when Chapek took over, he's like, "Why would I have this toboggan run here when I can replace it with a frozen ride?" You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Gotcha. Um. So Chapek sees these movies. He sees Soul. He's like, "Well, okay, Soul. I will admit, did come out in the middle of a pandemic when there was a, no vaccine." Luca, kids' movie, no vaccine yet for kids. Okay, Turning Red comes out March eleventh. I understand we are currently in a wave of Omicron, but the Omicron rate is projected to peak within the next few weeks to a month aka it will be on the downturn by march 11th and children are vaccinated now so there is no reason not to put turning red into. You. there's no reason for not to get the 30 days in Conto. god there is already a standee at my movie feeder for turning red they have all the marketing up now, obviously, it's going to be down when I go back to this weekend because right. they're not going right. to get the movie. But Disney has produced the marketing material for this already to go into theaters. And I know people might be like, well, it's cheaper to advertise if it's not in theaters. That's not true at all. Because when I was at home, when Soul was out, all the ads on TV was like, get Disney Plus to watch Soul. You know? Soul yep. got the standard marketing push of Pixar movie. I assume Luca did too. I just wasn't around TV when Luca came out. And I assume mm, Turning Red will get the same marketing push too. Because the idea is, is that Turning Red and all the other Pixar movies boost subscribers for Disney+. Plus. But, again, they didn't come for Soul. And they didn't come for Luca. Why would they come for Turning Red? <laughs> what, what is the motivation here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, with, with Turning Red, like I would have been perfectly fine with waiting a few months
0: it could have come in august there are no movies coming out in august right now yep and it would be two months after light year you'd be totally fine it would have been completely fine to go there i know some people said move it to october but spider-verse is in october and disney has a vested interest in spider-man doing well but august yeah would have been fine no one would have cared but the thing is with chafek and with Disney right now, and the reason I brought up IP is that there's a counter-argument to say Raya is an IP and Encanto is an IP, but the difference is they are IP, even if they aren't. Because Raya is a Disney princess. So you got to put the new Disney princess movie in theaters, because that's practically a franchise, right? And Encanto is a new Disney musical. Again, practically a franchise, right? You have to put them in theaters. Although, the thing with that is that even though they lay dormant until, for a bit, Inside Out and Coco, I'd argue Onward isn't because Onward wasn't up to the par it should be. But Inside Out and Coco are part of the the IP, air quotes, that is a Pixar original film. Pixar original films do better than any other original animated movies. Period. Mm-hmm. They do better than Disney ones. But I'm ranting too much. You all have heard this rant before. Tyler's heard this rant before. Because I've done it twice. <laughs> This has happened twice. This is the third time it's happening. I do want to give a certain... Though, before I get done, I want to say one more thing about why this is bad. Well, two more things. Sorry. Turning Red is the first Pixar movie to be solely directed by a woman. How did it take 27 years for us to get there? I don't know. That's crazy in and of itself. Yeah. Um... But to take this woman's film, who is a she made a movie that's about growing up in Toronto. She grew up in Toronto with her mother, mm-hmm. and it very clearly looks to be a coming of age movie that's set when she was a at that age. It looks to be a very personal movie in the same sense Luca was. Yeah. Uh, and I think again, Luca should have been put in theaters. Soul should have been put in theaters. But to do that to Domi, she. Who w- was the last person Well, okay Toy Story 4 and Soul won Oscars But she was the last person to create Original property Ah, uh, you know what I mean She She's not the last person Strike that, but not really Because I'm not gonna But she won an Oscar for her short film Bow. Mmm, yeah She should've got her movie in theaters That's much as simple And you could've put it on Disney Plus at Easter you did that with Inconso. You put it up a month later. You could put it on Disney Plus on Easter and have the theatrical run be the ad for it. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Yeah. And, and yep. I want to read one last thing. And then I want to conclude, which is the quote from Kareem Daniel, who I know we always talk about Bob Chapek here because we hate him. It's terrible. But Kareem Daniel is the chairman of Disney's media and entertainment distribution, which means he's the one who has to, like, put his face on these decisions, right? Now, I want to read you his quote about Turning Red being sent to streaming. And I want you to pick out the key word to me here. Or at least, and if you can't, I know what it is, obviously. But I want to see what word he used that got me so mad. Given the delayed box office recovery, particularly for family films... Flexibility remains at its core of our distribution decisions as we prioritize delivering the unparalleled content of the Walt Disney Company to audiences around the world. You know what the issue with that is? Is it unparalleled? It's content. Mm. He made... Because that's what Soul, Luca, and Turning Red now ultimately are. They're content to boost subscribers. They are the same thing to them... Turning red is the same thing as the 50 minute Ice Age special that's going on Disney Plus this month. It is the exact like it is content to drive up subscribers, even though really you care. I don't know how you get more Disney Plus subscribers. Yeah, it's kind of ubiquitous now. It everyone has it if they're going to get it. A new Pixar movie is not going to get people to sign up for it because we've had two of those already.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All you're doing is training your audience that. When a Pixar movie comes out in theaters again, they're not going to want to see it because it will be on Disney+. Plus. Now, I want to yeah. say one last thing about yeah. this, and then we'll move on to our actual topic. I'm sorry. No, this is the last thing.
1: Here is now the fourth last thing. No, no, no. Okay.
0: Yeah. The last things were things about turning red. This last thing is about me. And it's that, will I try to see this in theaters? Tyler, I think you know the answer.
1: Yes. Will he go by plane? I well, say not because well, he's already done that. So we'll, well we I go can't by ride the-
0: boat. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really funny, actually. You, um, you
1: you will take a canoe down the Chicago River.
0: <laughs> I don't I know, know how what far my far decision. That goes. I don't know if I'll go to Los Angeles again. I don't know if I will rent the music box again. I will find a way to watch this movie in a theater. However, okay,
1: how did how did you get to the music box? Did you walk or I drove. You drove. Okay, so, so walk you've, already, you've already went by car. You've already went by plane. So you've got walking, uh, some form of water transportation. Um, All right. What else would there be? Okay. A- animal. Well, you could ride a well, horse.
0: I w- I want to get one thing on record, Tyler. This is semi-serious, because if it's on record, yeah. you know, I have to abide by it. Turning red will be the last time I do this. I cannot keep justifying... These elaborate things for me to keep my streak going, even though that's kind of the bit, but also just something I like. Because I don't know if you remember Bao, uh, the short film that was in front of Incredibles 2. It made me sob.
1: <laughs> I, I thought you were calling me Bao. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Bao,
0: Bao is the short film Domi she did that yeah. was before Incredibles 2. Uh, mm-hmm. It made me cry in like five minutes. <laughs> like, really. So I know this movie's going to probably wreck me. And again, that's always been my thing. Where It's like, why would I watch this movie at home? Because I don't ever cry at movies at home. Um, but also, like, these movies are gorgeous. Why would I watch this movie on, like, my dinky TV? Um, so, Turning Red will be the last one I do this journey for. And I'll be honest, it they said another one of these is streaming. I, this is maybe me being a bit hyperbolic, but I'm feeling very, like, giving up, in a sense, on my addiction to seeing pretty much everything. Because the fact is, is that it's constantly, like, you know, I go see two or three movies a week in theaters, but it. Is becoming consistent that the movies I most want to see aren't there. And in that case, it doesn't make much sense for me to keep up with these current releases because it's just going to make me sad I can't see what I want to see the way I want to see it. Uh, Turning Red, in a sense, is the last straw. But really, you know, it's the last straw. But there's one more straw that will break the Danny's back. So we'll see if Chapek gives it to me. I think it will happen sooner or later. But for now, I'm going to figure out Turning Red. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Not the toy.
0: I I, th- I do think that one will be in theaters though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's <acting> I just <laughs> I want to <laughs> move
1: I want a movie I want a movie poster that's got Buzz Lightyear on it and nothing else just Buzz Lightyear. No, I want a silhouette of Buzz. I want a silhouette of Buzz Lightyear, and then it says the man. Period. Not the toy, period. <laughs> that's it. I don't want any other explanation. Uh, I have Don't an idea. even put showtimes on it. Just just I have, that.
0: I have an idea for a photorealistic space boot that's crushing a Buzz Lightyear toy. And that's what the poster <laughs> looks like.
1: <laughs> that's interesting.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, now we'll get to our actual green room content. Yes. Content. I'm just as bad as Chafik. Uh, <sighs> yeah. But anyway. Um, Tyler, what did you watch?
1: I watched uh what did I Spike- give you? <laughs> Yeah, you gave me Spike Lee's The Five Bloods on Netflix. Uh
0: great film. Yes. Well, you tell us yeah. what you thought of it. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it was
1: it's two hours and thirty something minutes long. Um and I will say the one there was this is like the my one thing with it is that, like, it's very clear where the acts are in the film because it comes to a close. Like, it feels like the movie is ending. When those acts, uh, when, like, first act ends and second act begins, it feels like the movie's coming to an end. And so you're, like, set up for you're just like the psychological response is oh, okay. This is where we in the movie and uh, I can start to tune out now. And then the movie just keeps going and the two and a half hour runtime doesn't <laughs> help that. And so like it's, it's in the, it's a steak. Uh, it's what I call yeah. a
0: steak of a movie. It's a yeah, lot of it. And-
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, you gotta eat it all. Chewy, <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, so there is uh, it's I think the the end of the second act when
0: uh, God. Delroy, yeah, Delroy, Del, it's Delroy Linda is the guy who plays Paul. Yeah, I'm trying
1: Paul. There we go. Yeah, Paul. Um, Paul, when Paul walks off into the jungle, um, oh yeah. By the way, spoiler, um, for. Uh, the Five Bloods but, came out a year uh, ago,
0: and it uh, should have been nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor. So, if you've missed it, it's on you. It's been out for a year. Sorry, go on. So, I am trying to guilt people that they didn't see a Spike Lee movie. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so, anyways, uh, so yeah, Paul walks off into the jungle alone, and that feels like it is the end of the movie. I was like. Because we had, like, we had a quarrel, you know, we had a little little fight, and and I was like, kind of like, okay, it's it's done. And then there was still, like, a good 40, 38 to 45 minutes left there, and I was like, wait, what? what what's going on? But you get that granted, incredible granted, granted, monologue. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's what I'm going to say. Granted, yeah. I've had a really long day. I've been up since 5 o'clock, and we're recording this. At nine thirty, uh, at night. So uh, this
0: is why I was being, well. I, I get it. I yeah. I was so, a little bit long on turning red. <laughs> but.
1: I I was uh I was yeah. So uh, but like overall, like I I really enjoyed, really enjoyed this film. Um, I got to see a lot more of Jonathan Majors, um, who I. I texted Danny and I said, Jonathan Majors just has this smile. Like he has this infectious smile that makes me want to smile when he smiles. And I don't know if that's weird, but it that's just the I I it's like part of his charisma. Um, If you want another movie like
0: that, um that I'm not ever gonna give you for the green room because I'm I just think it's good. I don't think it's great, but the last black man in San Francisco was his breakout role and it's very much a role where he like is playing the nice like the nice roommate. It's a very yeah. nice movie. Very good role for him. Gotcha.
1: Um, is, is that like is he roommate's wit was he Eddie Brock's old roommate?
0: I wish. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock <laughs> I, I was his I was his roommate until that guy that he started talking to himself and bringing chickens into the apartment <laughs> um anyways uh so so yeah, uh I'm trying to think of think of any like like what well, would I count as like the best scene well, what do you uh, think of a
0: uh, well are there actors what did about I think here? of delroy yeah, yeah we, uh, Delroy lindo, I feel like as I've said before, top ten performance I've seen in my life at least like i yeah.
1: I I think this is the first time that I've seen seen him in anything, and really, really good. And also, like Spike Lee's uh, cinematography complements his acting so well.
0: I want this movie to play the music box or somewhere in probably music box because they're the ones who play old movies. Because the I remember watching this at home; like I had all the blinds closed, and when the aspect ratio opened up, it felt like I was like in an IMAX in a way. Yeah. It's like, because that's like the first shot of the jungle. And it's just like really awe inducing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even at home. So, yeah. The cinematography and I, is great. In this. I
1: like how, like, and is this a, because I've only seen, I think I've only seen like one or two things that Spike Lee's done. And, uh, they were like the least of his Spike Lee esque films, and it is the, is like the switching between because no, I know this, this is the this first film, time
0: uh, I've seen him do that. This is the first time I've seen him do that.
1: Okay, uh, because well, this film I was I was talking about like this film switches between like document documentary style, and then we go into we he go does documentary that sometimes style, and then we go. Uh, and uh, we get some talking head, very few in there. And then we get some, like, uh, just like, not necessarily found footage, but it, yeah, it really is found footage. Um, and then others is more narrative storytelling. It's like switching between them, between them all. I think uh,
0: Spike Lee, well, one, I want to have on the record that. I've only really seen five or six of his movies, and I know a lot of filmmakers can go, like, oh, you've seen five or six, you can say a lot about him. Spike Lee has a ton of movies. I haven't even seen any of his documentaries, and he has, like, ten or... He has a lot of them, because he makes... He doesn't make a movie every year, but he, he does a lot of very quick turnaround. Um, so, in my opinion, The Five Bloods is probably his third best movie I've seen, after Do the Right Thing and... Malcolm X both of which are kind of interchangeable masterpieces to me. Uh mm-hmm. it'd be really hard for me to pick between two and probably do the right thing just because it's do the right thing. Uh, which but um my my hot take which you can't really give an opinion on because you haven't seen it but Black Clansman was considered Spike Lee's big comeback movie and I was just like it's good. But The Five Bloods to me completely blew me away. Um I think the story is great. I think the examination, I think Paul as a character is so fascinating and so tragic. Mm-hmm. And Delroy Lindo, who I don't blame you. He's actually Malcolm X, but the thing with Delroy mm. Lindo is this is really his, I would say first major main lead role. I might be wrong. Maybe when he was younger, he had other lead roles, but this is his first like lead role in a while. Um, to the point when this came out, people were like, is he leader supporting? Cause this movie's ensemble. I'm like, he's, it's Paul's movie. It, 100%. Yeah. hundred percent. Very Paul's clear.
1: Movie. Very clear.
0: Yeah. Um, but I legitimately think his monologue into the final scene he has with Chadwick is hot. And, and that's always what I said with this movie is like this movie made me cry twice, but that to me told me it was not because of, cause I watched this after right after, not right after, but like a month after Chadwick Boseman passed away. Mm-hmm. So obviously his, well, I think his last scene is still powerful. Um, Chadwick Boseman's last scene in this movie. um, but I cried beforehand during the monologue So I knew it was this movie Was just doing it to me naturally It wasn't just because I was sad about Chadwick Because um, mm-hmm. I think Paul is just such a tragic character That's so fascinating And the movie very clearly play- paints Why the he is the way he is um, And not particularly subtly either But that's Spike Lee for you Subtleties yeah. Because you know if you're subtle People might not get what you're saying And that's worse I think that's Spike Lee's attitude. At least that's the attitude I always get from him. Um yeah. I yeah. also really like Clark I... Peters in it. Um yes. Who, uh, I forget what his character name is cuz I haven't seen him in a year.
1: Is, is he the is he the got is he the Godfather or he no. He's the no. one who
0: has a daughter.
1: He's uh, the other. Yeah. He's the other old guy. Uh he's, he's Otis. The, he's, he's Otis. Yes, Otis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah yeah i uh i i also like that like Jonathan Majors had the opportunity to really he had the opportunity to like with his character to i guess like try to make it about about him you know what i mean like he yeah. could have played he could have played the character. To the point of where the focus it took the focus away from, uh, away from Paul and put it on him. But Jonathan Majors like has the, the finesse and the, the, humility to be like, no, this 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 isn't my my character's film. This isn't my character's story. You know? Yeah, and I, I, I I think, think that's, really I that think lineup. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, I'm like for for an actor that can deliver, can deliver that, but has the humility and the the power to just hold that back, but still deliver a great performance for their character. I th- I think that's great, and that what did, we get that with him in this one.
0: I wanted to ask you what did you think about the choice, and it's a choice because the budget not to de-age them in the flashbacks. I think
1: I liked I liked I liked it. I liked it a lot, um, because it, it further shows that, like, it further shows that their memory, we have a harder time, like, I have a harder time remembering what I looked like when I was younger. Unless I see a picture, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I was a dork, um, but, uh, But yeah, so in my in my memory, it's I mean, like, what am I looking at every day? It's my own face. Whereas we can picture in time what someone else looked like. And of course, the last time they saw uh, Norman was when he was that age um, during the Vietnam War. And uh, and yeah, I just think that it's like this is what he looks like. This is, he is ingrained in their, in their brains in their memories as this is what he, what he looked like. This is the hero. They remember him to be. Yeah. You know? And it really, the juxtaposition
0: yeah. really makes it stand out. Yeah, it
1: does. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: I just think in a way, especially this is nothing to do with the movie's production, but I think this being one of Chadwick's last films is really like, it's a haunting. It's really haunting because he is. It such, really is. Storm and Norman has such a presence over the film, obviously. And to me, man, the final scene of him in Delroy thinking yeah. about it makes me like want to cry. Like just devastating work by both of them, um, which is made even more devastating with the meta text, you know, of Bozeman's passing. But even without it, I think that sequence is just such a, a ma- unma- unimaginable catharsis for Paul's character. And mm-hmm. one that I would say he probably doesn't deserve, but I think that's the point is that he doesn't deserve it, you know? Yeah. Like, and that's what makes it so beautiful. Oh, well, ugh. Now I want to rewatch it. This is a movie I'm dying that for Netflix to put on a Criterion. Because I really think it is probably one of my favorite Netflix original movies. And it didn't get... Well, it got a ton of awards attention, just not from Oscar. Um, it got nominated for original score and nothing else, which... To me, it's just like well, this kind of shows uh, Hollywood racism, right? <laughs> like, it, like yeah. that. that like, I don't see how on any because the thing is, Spike Lee is, you know such a respected filmmaker. The idea that he's putting this out and how old is he? And he put it out in the middle of the pandemic because uh, this came out in June of 2020. Yeah, he's 64 years old. This came out in June of 2020. Yep. Um, uh, he came off right right off of Black Klansman and made this, and I think this is like best um well okay i say recent film and i've only seen this and uh well I, you know what i've also seen his documentary american utopia which is probably around the same level as this but that's like a film stage show so mm-hmm. it's not really the same thing at all uh, the
1: only other spikely uh film that i've seen is miracle at uh is it saint anna or santa anna yeah I know saint, what you're talking anna. About. saint anna yeah i've I, i've seen that um, but i've seen it once and i don't remember much of it uh because of when it like when it came out the age that i was um and you i have know to he, see did, the right he thing. did he did the music for nba 2k16 <laughs> i so i don't know if I if you can count that but hey got, we'll put that on we'll put that on our letterbox then <laughs> <laughs> you got
0: you have to watch the right thing someday it is one of those movies that i feel like everyone has to watch at some point in their life. I'm not going to give it to you on this because I don't think we're equipped to talk about Do the Right Thing. I think gotcha. we're barely equipped to talk about The Five blitz. but yeah. it, it's a war movie. Uh, it's, oh, included,
1: re- it's included with with Prime, Do the Right Thing is.
0: Oh, yeah, you gotta got to see it. It is. Yep. It came out in 1989. It's still so relevant. And you should also find time for Malcolm X someday. But that one's, I'd say Do the Right Thing is more urgent than that because Malcolm X is such a behemoth of a film um but what was i gonna say oh no i it's wanted to compare this HBO to um, max i wanted to compare this to three kings uh mm, yeah uh the plot is very uh because i remember when i saw three kings i was like this reminds me of the five bloods <laughs> yeah yeah so i wanted to ask you about that since you know we holy cow malcolm x is three and
1: a half hours long yeah it's long As i said Ooh. it's a behemoth
0: but yeah i i would say i would, it's it's about Malcolm X, so like he does he's a, he's a man who deserves that long a movie, you know? Uh but yeah. So uh,
1: you were saying like three kings and uh the five bloods. Um like like uh it's I think the biggest comparison, the most interesting for me, is seeing how the the uh soldiers are immediately off of deployment or technically they're still deployed in three kings but you know com- combat has ceased officially ceased and uh seeing that compared to um in in five bloods where like the combat is still so vivid you know for them and uh and just like comparing those two there's a lot of similarities there between them it's it's like the like the saying like you never leave the battlefield or the battlefield never leaves you you know yeah and uh and i i think there's a lot there's a lot there um and i think five bloods goes into that a lot more of course um than necessarily what three kings does um but uh but but yeah are there any any points between like p- parallels between the two that are, you're wanting to shine a light on
0: uh, i mean no i just wanted to get your take on that um gotcha because to me it's um very uh just cuz this isn't Despite all the stuff that's on its mind, it's also, to me, a pretty entertaining heist movie. Uh, you know what I mm. mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, I don't... I, even though it's so long, and it's got a lot of ideas going through its head, I think it pretty consistently is entertaining and tense. Mm-hmm. Oh, the scene with the landmine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember that being so tense. <laughs> uh, but And they...
1: S- it, Lee sets you up for it the whole time... That I think it's it's Otis is using the the metal detector. Yeah. And he sets you up for it. Cause I'm like, Otis is going to find a landmine and they're gonna use a shovel to dig down into it. I was like, I'm just waiting for a moment for Otis to get off by himself, and it just kept ha- happening and happening and happening, and then I was kinda like, oh, okay. Well I I guess it's it's not gonna happen. I guess it's just a red herring. And then uh there and then their friend uh is it Eddie? Their friend Eddie is walking backward while talking. And I don't I didn't understand why he was walking backwards. I d I didn't understand that one.
0: But I remember um, isn't that like scene like very already tense with like Paul. It's already, already going Paul's going yes. nuts. <laughs> like, he yeah, in the because movie.
1: Paul Paul is going he's going off on one of his like no 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 no, no. I'm not done talking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and then uh Eddie's like talking, you know, Eddie starts talking and he's just keeps walking backwards and I'm like, I don't know why he's walking backwards aside from I assume he's going to walk on a landmine because we've not got that yet and we're due for something like that to happen. And then sure enough, it, it happened. Um yeah, and then it's it's when Jonathan Majors' character David, when David steps on the landmine, is it's I I've liked like the stakes rise because you already know, you know the the expectations already set for what, what's gonna happen with that. But,
0: apparently, we we can move on to my movie soon. But I just read that apparently I gotta yeah. assume. So originally the cast of this movie is Samuel L. Jackson, Denzel Washington, Giancarlo Esposito, and John David Washington, which means I have to assume. Because John David Washington would obviously play the son, I have to assume Denzel would have been Paul, which mm. is weird because I think Denzel is a great actor, but I also think, as I said, Delroy Lindo gives such like an electric performance here. I think if you yeah. have a movie star in that role, you lose that, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like this is a movie that really works well because it's all char- like long-term character actors getting to sink their teeth in these roles. With Chadwick being the only real star of them, because so that kind of also mm-hmm. like adds to his, uh, what do you call it? Like ghost over the film, you know what I mean? Yeah. Stormy Norman's ghost over the film. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, well, uh, we can go on to my yeah. movie now. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> we yeah, can, talked for a bit. We, can <laughs> yeah. we have
1: so, uh, Danny, what movie did you watch? Uh, you give me
0: American Animals now. Before I talk about the movie, which I will talk about, don't worry, but. The best thing that well, you can't pick a favorite gift at Christmas, right? And this probably isn't my favorite gift because one, you can't pick one, but also I got some other cool stuff too. Uh, but my older brother gave me a Roku, which means I can finally watch my streaming services upstairs with my TV instead of downstairs, which is mm-hmm. nicer because it's a better TV and like I have privacy in my own room. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this was my first movie watched on my Roku because it's on Hulu. Um. Well. Tyler. I Hate to say it.
1: The Hulu app sucks. No, no, no. But no, no. anyways. Anyways,
0: yeah. Uh it was okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Evan Peters is great in it. Mm-hmm. Um I wanna give a shout out to a movie it reminded me of, which I'm pretty sure you haven't seen, but it's fine. I'm not gonna talk too much about it. But Bottle Rocket, which is Wes Anderson's first movie. It's kind of a similar thing where it's like a heist movie for amateurs. Um mm. that's pretty I, good. I've it, not seen it now. It also really distracted me because I noticed Evan Peters because I was reminded by him. Evan Peters' voice, out of context, sounds a little like Owen Wilson. Like when he's out of frame, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I made that connection when I was watching this because I was thinking about Bottle Rocket. Um I do think Evan huh. Peters is very good in this. He plays both the comedy and the drama really well. My issue is that it's kind of interesting because you pointed this out in the five bloods, and I've forgotten about it. Is I don't really think the documentary melding ever really works for me because it distances me from the characters, but also to me, kind of, um, exonerates them in a sense I wish it hadn't. Um, cause I think by showing them all as adults and being sympathetic, it really like, it's kind of like, Oh, these guys were just in over their heads, but they weren't, they planned for months to do this. And I think it's okay to do like, I'm going to call it the Martin Scorsese version of it, even though Martin Scorsese would never really do a movie like this because he's kind of above the material now. Um, but it's okay to do the version of this movie where they all are terrible people and then we get their comeuppance at the end. and It feels good that we get their comeuppance. Instead of this weird thing, we kind of get with this movie where the feelings mixed because we've met the older versions of them. They all seem kind of sympathetic now. But mm. then at the end, you know, you get the, the woman who was like attacked by them and she's like, no, they're terrible people. But I don't think that's enough. I, I really don't think the movie. I think the movie um, lets them off too much. Gotcha. That's it. I do gotcha. think the heist sequences that are in the movie are good. Yeah. Like I think both the failed heist and then the one that actually like works out where you know they have to tie up a librarian. I think those are both. Oh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> <they're> <laughs> very well done scenes. Um, <laughs> another person to remind me of. And again, I'm going to probably say a name you don't know. Because this is an indie filmmaker who isn't super big yet but I've seen two of his films, Corey Finley. And I feel like I can compare it, this film to his films because they're, I think the directors are in kind of the same spot of their career right mm-hmm. now where they're just kind of beginning. Yeah. Corey Finley has made two movies. Uh, one of them's called thoroughbreds and one of them's called bad education. And they both kind of have the similar style of this when this movie is not doing the documentary stuff. Like, yeah, a kind of smarmy film that is interrogating its leads to be like, not necessarily good people, mm-hmm. but I think those movies do it better. That's really my issue with this, is that I didn't feel like it ever really went after the leads or really honestly, besides Evan Peters, got to like their emotional like depth. And I don't ever think it was the script that did it. I think it was just Evan Peters' performance. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I also think uh Barry Keegan, um this is a weird role for him. I don't think he should play I think he he's a character actor, and him playing like the normal guy doesn't really work for me ever and that's kind of who he is in this um i also didn't think he looked at all like the older version of himself not at all yeah
1: i i think there was definitely a um there's definitely a separation of reality between uh like the the people that we see playing them compared to the you know the real real life I was impressed um, with the guy with evil.
0: the glasses, though. They looked exactly the same. It was glasses. Yeah. Uh, they, they looked really <laughs> similar. Uh, yeah. I liked, uh, I liked Udo Kier's cameo. I want to give credit to that. Udo Kier is a great, uh, German actor. Let's look it up. If in case I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, Udo Kier, you can come kill me and you're terrifying. So that's okay. Uh, Udo Kier is, he is German. Hey, uh, he plays the guy that um evan peters meets to uh try to sell the book before they find it yeah you know you know what i'm talking about yeah so it's like a cameo role but it's a really fun cameo i enjoyed that and i also think and Dowd is always a good actress to have in things uh and i think she does a really good job with the librarian role it makes it pretty memorable um but yeah uh do you have questions you want to ask me about the movie because the thing to me is like it was like um it was okay. You know, that was basically me. It was like, I didn't hate the movie. I just felt like the distancing of the documentary yeah. stuff kept me from getting really involved with the story. And vice versa. The gotcha, story gotcha. kind of got me distracted from the documentary stuff. I felt like I either needed to choose a lane or at least choose one to focus on more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, w- I wanted to ask because uh, I think... It's the real the real Spencer. Say, he says at the end of the movie, he's like, I don't really know if, you know, I dropped Warren off at the airport, but I don't really know if he ever actually went over to, is it Amsterdam? Yeah. Uh, yeah, went over to Amsterdam and talked with those people. I don't know if he ever did that, or if he just walked into the airport and then walked out and then you know if it was just all a hoax and he was just leading us on the entire time to instigate it, uh, I just wanted to know kind of like what what your speculation is, well on that because that's kind of a fun little fun little thing and I think like I think for me the the enticing points of this film are the it's there there are there are elements of. Uh, you never really know who another person is. Um, well, you know, and like with how close, uh, with how close uh, Evan Peters and Barry, Barry Keon's characters were like, they spent so much time together in this very complex. Well, yeah, this in this complex uh, planning. And then, you know, and then, the and then, like, uh, the and then Barry's older, older self, uh, Spencer, he's like, Yeah, I don't really know if if he did that, and yeah, anyways. But so, I my, think, yeah,
0: m- my thought on it before I get into like my answer on if it was real or not is that that kind of is like what I don't like about this movie because to me, it kind of came out of nowhere at the end where it's like, Yeah, maybe he was making it up, I don't know. It's like, okay. Well, I think in the good version of it, or the better version of this movie, you give us this doubt when you were telling this part of the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. You wouldn't just be like, at the end, like, maybe none of this ever happened. I don't know. And to me, it undercuts Evan Peters' performance in the whole thing. To be like, maybe he's just a compulsive liar. And I'm like, well, that's not the movie I just watched. And like, I get that the point, is supposed to be like, who's telling the truth, who isn't? But in fiction, it doesn't really matter if it's truth, including if it is a biopic. It does not matter if I'm getting the exact truth. So to be like, maybe these con men were conned by one of their people. I'm just kind of like, maybe they were, but the movie's already over. So this is all fiction anyway. Um, And in my regard, I would say everything did happen because I just watched a movie where it happened. So it doesn't really matter to me what happened real because this is the movie adaptation of it. Yeah. (laughs) And I'd also say... Even ignoring like me, like being like, I dismissed the idea this wasn't real. I think Evan Peters' performance, which is the character that I follow the whole movie, thinks it's real. And so to me, it is real. So I don't think he's a compulsive liar. If anything, if it's not real, he has some type of schizophrenia or like delusional, like, you know what I mean? Like he's having hallucinations. Like, yeah. Cause. The film as seen with Evan Peters being portrayed the way he is, where he has doubts about beating up this woman and tying her up. I don't see why he'd go to this whole, all this effort to lie about stealing a book. (laughs) You know, like for, like, that's, that's my take on it. Looking at Evan Peters' performance alone and ignoring all my thoughts on this structure, it had to be true. So,
1: Gotcha, gotcha.
0: Um... I don't want to say one thing about this movie that's not really about the movie, but you know what cracked me up at the beginning of this is the remote, I was like, is this one of those movies? And I saw it in the open credits, and it is. So Movie Pass <laughs> made this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just remember seeing it in the opening credits. I was like, oh ha, movie pass. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, um I had had one more. Oh. What did you think about suspense wise when they actually managed to take when they managed to take the big book?
0: Oh, I thought it was I, I thought those sequences were great. I really did. Yeah. I wish the whole movie was a heist movie like that. Like mm. it's um it's notably it does no, it never cuts to the original people doing it. And speaking of which, can I just I, I'll get back to it, but can I just complain one thing about the editing that I absolutely hated? With the yeah. documentary people, it'd be like, um, it'd be like Spencer, which is Barry Keane's character, is like being told something by And He looks doubtful, and then we cut back to like a do- the documentary footage of the actual war, and like giving a face where it's like, "Well, you know what this means." And it just, be- and then we'd cut back, and I'd be like, "Why? I can already see that in Barry Ke- Keane's acting. We don't need this disassociation with the story. You know what I mean?" Mm. Yeah, I don't think it yeah. adds anything, and that in particular it was just like it was literally like half a second cut, and it's like why? But anyway, um, and that's why I think the heist scenes work because we don't get any of those. There's no intercutting. We just get the day of the do- the ro- robbery, like it would appear in a documentary, but then we get the whole sequence. Um, yeah, yeah, and those that stuff is that's what I liked. About it. I wish the whole movie was like that, because that was stuff that reminded me of the works of Corey, Corey Finley, who, as I said, is a indie filmmaker I really admire right now. Um but I don't wanna I don't wanna sound too negative on this movie because I, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed watching it. I just it was like one of those movies you watch and I'm like, I feel like this could be a lot better. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of it's always a bummer when you watch a movie like that to me, because it's like you had a good story. Uh but you're not really to me interrogating much about it. I also think this is just me, I think it's a little pretentious, and I don't like using that word. But mm because I feel like people use pretentious to be about any movie that might be a little boring, but I think opening this type of story with a quote from Darwin, uh, and a montage of people doing makeup while an ominous voiceover goes, it's just very like, I, cause I think the movie is primarily actually like, I don't want to say it's a comedy, but it's very like oceans 11, but with doofuses, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it has a lot of funny moments. Uh, and I think if, I think the movie thinks it's more important than it is, which is never an ad to like to get from a movie. Mm. Um, I I like
1: I like setting this this super serious tone that it does at the beginning. I I do like that because you think it's like oh crap what is what is this movie and then I do like that flip. Yeah, I.
0: The issue I is it like goes back flip, to it, but. It goes back yeah. to it at the end when, like, the montage comes in. And by that point, I've left that version of the story entirely. Yes. So it's just, like, what gives? I also just think, yeah, I think it does a lot of choices with where it chooses to place the documentary stuff that it just really undoes itself with that. I keep repeating that point, but that's really, to me, the fatal flaw of this movie. Um, but, yeah, any other questions for me? Um, right. I, think,
1: I think that's it, Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Sorry, I didn't talk as much about it as we did on the Five Bloods, but oh, okay. I don't. I don't really like being negative on a movie. People like even if I didn't like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's never fun. Yeah, because yeah, I actually did really want to like this, and I really like the cast, um, outside yeah. of one person, uh, but, eh, and we don't need to get into that. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it, it, it's unrelated to the film itself. Uh, it's related to personal lives. Uh, so that's we won't it. talk about that. Uh. But and again, Pete Evan Peters Udo Kier and Dowd, all of them great in this. Barry Keegan, I forgive you. You shouldn't do roles like this. What can I say? I'll have to
1: watch it. Watch it again, because from what I remember, is I liked his his performance. But I'd have to watch. I'd have to watch again because it very well could have been. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, usually it's like on the second on the second watch through that i can get a really good yeah really good evaluation of it you know i can pay more attention to like the little things rather than just the story as a whole
0: but. i definitely think if i saw this in um 2018 uh i might not have been as big an issue because i didn't know who barry keegan was yet so
1: gotcha I thought, I thought I, if I saw this in 2018, it wouldn't be as much of an issue because I it was more edgy. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, all right. I think that, that wraps
0: up our green room. Yeah. Who knows when we'll be back here because we don't even know when Moon Knight's coming out. I guess if you, watch yep. Mac- if you find a way to watch Macbeth, we could do one on that. But we'll see. We'll see about that.
1: I don't even know if it's playing. Oh, well, Apple. I thought you still had Apple TV. You don't? No oh rip never mind (laughs) that never mind (laughs) that 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 uh stopped last summer rip no ted lasso for you well like all of the really good stuff i mean there was that joel mckinnon series space series that i started people keep saying it's really good but I haven't it's, watched it, it. It was really good. The first episode was really good. That's as far as I got. <laughs> but, uh, I'm excited. They but have yeah. a new
0: uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller show launching in a few weeks. I love those guys. Mm. So,
1: I I want to watch uh, the uh, is it Mahershala Ali? Is he? Oh in, yeah, he has a sh- he has a movie it, on. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That's the movie that I'm wanting to see. But I think it's also getting like a uh, either a limited or a Sure. Uh it, well, it had one.
0: Uh, it's not playing here anymore, so I doubt it's gonna play by you. <laughs> That's how I'd put it. Yep. If it's, not yep. Pl- if it's not playing by me, it's not gonna be by you. <laughs> doubt it's gonna be here. So. <laughs> so yeah. Um all right. Well, we will see you when we see you. We'll be back here someday. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what we'll see. Honestly, maybe our next one will be turning red. We don't know. And when when, yeah. when that happens, I'll tell you how I saw it. We'll figure it out by then. <laughs> then again again, true then again if i see it then um if i see and i bring the music box in forever you know but anyway we'd like to thank uh our editor for this episode rishab chalab and yeah he's a new editor for us and we're really excited for him to join the y's family we love you i hope i didn't scare him away uh (laughs) (laughs) all right all
1: right thank you uh yeah first first green room of 2022 so So. already already the second week and we got a green room out we've got
0: men in black
1: men in black i was
0: i was like we've
1: got uh spider-man oh no no that was 21 yep yep never mind never mind yeah okay yeah all right play the music